Hey everyone, how you doing today? Episode number three was actually a topic I talked about today's daily financial news. I asked you for articles and thoughts and I knew I was speaking with Jonathan, so I was gonna ask him. Uh, looks like President Biden is proposing Jonathan to change zoning laws so that you can now build multifamily in what used to be uh, just residential. And as my multifamily guy, I wanted to know what you thought about that. You've lived in New York a long time. You have some experience in Japan. So I just wanted to ask you, what do you think that would help if we changed zoning laws? Yes, I do. Uh, in terms, well, help it depends on what you mean by help, right? Uh, help oh. affordability of housing. Correct. I think I think you know help real estate investors who are really happy that it's difficult to build <laughs> no. higher rents all the time won't be helpful to them or to us, right? But uh, yeah, affordable but, housing. I should have said. Talking Sorry. about like the health of the economy and the affordability of housing. Um, it is absolutely, uh, I think, something that needs to happen. Um, and, the, you know, wh what you have is, if you look sort of around the country and around the world at where housing is affordable, mm -hmm. the thing that stands out is that it's just a basic supply and demand issue. There are not as many constraints on building in those places so that the, that the supply of housing can meet the demand for housing. And it stays affordable. So Houston being like the prime example in the United States, okay. where there's no zoning, you can build whatever you want. It's very affordable. Most of Texas housing has remained relatively affordable. It's changed in the recent, in the last few years, but it what it, it was because there was just so much land there, right? It was just land was cheap. There weren't a lot of restrictions on building. You didn't have a lot of zoning. You didn't have a lot of nimbyism. You know, the nimbyism doesn't happen in a cornfield, right? I mean. It happens after the cornfield gets developed, then you get nimbyism. But before it's a cornfield, there's no, you know, there's no nimbyism, right? So, um, yeah, just so folks, if you don't know what that is, it's not in my backyard, nimbyism. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, when one farmer sells his land, the other farmer is not trying to stop it. He's like thinking, okay, when I retire, that's how much I'm going to get, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's, there's no nimbyism there, right? Uh, but the problem is that, so, but what you got in pretty much every city, in the country, uh, every suburb in the country in particular, I mean, this is where the problem is, is even more acute. And it doesn't matter whether it's a red area or a blue area, you've got exclusionary zoning, which means minimum lot sizes, height restrictions, basically how much cubic feet of housing can you put on how much square feet of land? And that, because they're not making any more land, that means that the supply of housing is limited by zoning and building codes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It just think about it. It's just math. You've got population increase, right? And no more housing can, that can be built. And when that happens, the cost of housing goes up to the point where it becomes unaffordable for a lot of people. And if you if you look at the population trends, uh, the demographic trends of where people have been moving, mm -hmm. you know. The trends started after World War II, and a lot of it was weather-driven, right? Once, once air conditioning became viable and you could live in the South in the summertime without being miserable, then people started moving from North to South because they wanted to avoid winter. Over time, that's also as the cost of housing in a lot of Northern cities has exploded because of this problem. Because the other thing that happened is there was no zoning before World War II either, mm. right? But you had, you had, or very little, maybe it started in, like right before World War II is when you get the first zoning, right? But what happened is 
after World War II, massive suburbanization, and with suburbanization came all this exclusionary zoning, right? Where everybody was like, I just left the city. I want to have a yard and a white picket fence. And I don't want this to become the city in five years right. because they're just going to put up apartment buildings nearby me, right? So you had this kind of, you know, and it didn't matter at first because, you know, even in the Northeast, well, there was just the next farm that you could buy and convert to housing, right? Mm. And I mean, look, the even where I grew up in New Jersey, 15 minutes from Manhattan, when my when my mother was a kid, it was farmland, right? And so uh, in the 50s, there were farms all over the place. There were even farms where my dad lived in Rockland County, which is about half an hour from New York City. In the 1980s, there were farms in Rockland County. There was a farm <coughs> around the corner from our house, right? So, uh, which got sold for housing eventually, right? So, um, but they ran out of farmland to buy that was within commuting, commutable distance from New York and restrictive zoning. And it just meant like, you really can't build any more housing. And if you're not allowed to build up, that's it. You can't, can't build outward anymore. You got to build up. If you're not allowed, then you're dealing with the increasing population and more housing. So where do people go? They start moving south because it's cheaper because you could still go outward. But you just can't go upward in the, in the south in a lot of places, right? right. So because of this restrictive zoning. So the, we're starting to see the, the, you know, for all, I, I sort of laugh at this because for years I've been hearing, it comes out a little bit of like su Southern Northern rivalry here, right? Maybe in California, you're immune to this, but uh, you know, he, here we're kind of, you know, it's like we've been hearing about the superiority of the South for all this time. Cause like the house cost of housing is so cheap. It's easier to do everything. You're just, I was like, you're, it's only cause you're 50 years behind. <laughs> It's not, it's not because it's not because you're like, there's some superiority to the model. You're basically just repeating the same thing that we did up here and you're going to get the same result. And you're starting to see that now with this huge population shift where, you know, commute times in some of these Southern cities have, are worse than New York. Oh yeah. They've it's certainly exploded from so, such a great distance. And maybe those people, when we talk about the remote work, you know, maybe some of those people are going to be happy doing the remote work because they don't have to drive you know, a couple of hours in traffic mm -hmm. to get to their job from the, you know, extremely far out suburb where, where they live. Um, but with that, at some point you reach a limit, right? And maybe, maybe remote work is going to take some pressure off the cost of housing, but if you can't build up, you, you know, if, like I said, land is limited with a yeah. growing population. If once you reach the point where you can't grow, build out anymore, and you got to build up if you're not allowed to all you do is you create an affordability problem so we i think it's this is really a long wind because they gave you the whole history of zoning in the united states great. but but the um the the point of the matter is I, I think this is a really important initiative okay from the biden administration to try to break down some of the zoning i'm sure that it's going to be challenged like crazy in the courts there'll be a you know everyone's going to come out and say the federal government has no power to do this this is a state issue may be true that may that may in fact be the case but if we don't if we don't actually do something about this problem though uh it will we'll continue to have an affordability crisis yeah and, and just to put really color on on the article i read biden biden clearly understands it's a state consideration he was looking to put out like i think it was 50 billion dollars for incentives for oh, states and municipalities to take this 
challenge yeah, on. Yeah. Right. They do the bribe. They yeah, bribe they, they bribe them. <laughs> yeah, they, they, <laughs> they can't tell the states what to do, but they can bribe them to do it. Of course. Yeah. Of course. But what I was really thinking about is, A, I wanted to know if this would work. I'm going to take your opinion. Yeah, it would be helpful. So awesome. But I want to talk about it as an investor. Okay. If I see this coming, what should I be doing? Right. Cause I'm used to buying a city lot, which is 10,000 square feet. Yeah. Right. Under a quarter of an acre. My, again, I'm new to all of this. I'm like a quarter acre is probably not enough to build much more than a fourplex. Probably maybe you do an eightplex if you go two stories. So, so how much land do I need to control? Right. If I'm going to go into a city area, do I need to buy like three or four continuous lots, right? Houses. And then you bulldoze them and then you build up. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out how to make money from this in all honesty. Yeah, and, and what do you I, think? I think that's going to be it. Basically, you're going to kind of be like essentially land banking, but you can exactly. continue to collect rents from the single family houses that are there while you're kind of assembling so you, them, which is good. Okay. Yeah. It's right. better than going and buying, you know, vacant land that you are just, that's just an expense until you can build on it. Um, however, you know, I have to say this is, Actually, something we were talking about in multifamily launchpad last night with uh, one of the members of the group is a, a single family house developer. Hmm. And he was talking about, I can't remember who it was, but some of the, the big construction companies are essentially land banking right now because the, the cost of construction is so high temporarily oh, because of, yeah. of all the supply chain issues that uh, they, it's not, it makes no sense to build right now because it's so costly, but mm -hmm. uh, but. So they're buying up land in the path of progress and just sitting on it until it makes sense uh, to build. And um, so I think if you're, if you're deep pocketed, that makes sense, you know, because the, the problem with building, you know, right now is probably having some effect on the cost of land. So maybe you can buy the land a little bit cheaper and then, but, but you have to be able to service it while you're, you know, it's still property taxes and whatnot that you right. have to pay. Um, so, you know, but I think for, if you know that say, your some area is being rezoned. And actually we've seen this happen in New York. We've seen this happen in Brooklyn. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, the city has occasionally tried to address this problem of like restrictive zoning. There are a lot of, you know, people think of New York as a high rise city and it is, but there are, you can't build a tall apartment building anywhere here, right? Mm -hmm. You can build it in Manhattan. Uh, there are some parts of Brooklyn you can build, but a lot of the city is zoned for basically like three, three stories, right? Okay. And there's a big avenue in Brooklyn called Fourth Avenue, which goes basically from one end of Brooklyn to the other pretty much. Hmm. And about 15 years ago, in a kind of half-hearted attempt to sort of add some density, the city upzoned Fourth Avenue from three stories to 12. Oh, but Still not enough, but what it did was basically create a, a building boom. It immediately, you know, every, if you owned a house on fourth Avenue, you're really smiling, right? Yeah, you're your like, land yes. value just shot up. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it, you'll see this happening where, wherever, you know, uh, density is going to be, if you're rezoned for more density or if you're up zoned, uh, you're going to see land values shooting up a lot. So if you can get some land, in one of those areas, you'll benefit. I mean, okay. it's very speculative, but you know, you're, you're going to have to act fast though, because the deep pockets will be out there. Oh yeah, you know, hunting for that too, and there'll be a limited window before the 
prices really get bid up, um, you know, where you can't make any money on it anymore. But yeah, it's an, it's an investable trend. So if this is something interesting to you, follow the debates in your, in your area about Thank where you. this is going and try to get ahead of it. Very cool. I love, I love investable trends because I believe there's opportunity everywhere. You just have to, you just have to look for it. Maybe it's not where you thought it'd be, it'd be somewhere else. So Jonathan, I appreciate these three conversations. It's always been fun. Absolutely. Thanks, buddy.